to an EG Cities live edition of the EG Property Podcast with me, EG Editor Sam McClary. Um, today, we're going to take a trip to the coastal town of Southampton. And over the next 20, uh, 20 to 30 minutes, um, the expert guests joining me here in the EG studio will discuss how the city is positioned to take its logistics market and the economy to the next level through its freeport status. But before we dive into what I know is going to be a really fascinating and useful conversation, let's meet those experts. So I'm going to ask each of them to introduce themselves, tell us a little bit about where they're from, uh, just so you, the listener, can dial into those voices, and then we'll jump straight into that conversation. So I'm going to throw first to Gavin. Hello, I'm Gavin Hall. I'm head of the Savills Southampton office and also look after the Central South planning team for Savills. Fantastic. Thank you. Nella. Um, my name's Nella Pang and I'm the Managing Director of Amiga RE, also the host of Let's Talk South Coast podcast and I sit on the leadership board for Southampton Chambers of Commerce. Fantastic. Paddy. Hello everyone, my name's Paddy Freestone, I'm from Fiera Real Estate, I'm a director in the Value Add team and also the Deputy Fund Manager of our Fiera Logistics Development Fund that has just launched. Excellent, thank you, welcome. And Tom. Hello everybody, uh, I'm Tom White, I'm the Director of Maritime and Ports at the Connected Places Catapult and we're the UK's innovation organisation for transport and place. Thank you very much and last but by no means least, Stuart. Hi there, uh, I'm Stuart Irvin, I'm a Senior Director at uh, Turley uh, Planning Consultancy. Um, I've got an overview of our um, uh, South East offer which operates out of Southampton and Reading and also uh, have an overview for our um, uh, Cambridge and uh, East Midlands regions as well. Fantastic. Thank you ever so much and welcome everyone to the conversation. So Freeports, we've we've heard quite a lot of about Freeports again recently in the in the news, the fat the full fat Freeports uh, proposed by um, Ms. Truss. But um the plan for, for the Solent Freeport has been around for, for a little while. There's a promise of um thirty two thousand new jobs, all this excitement coming coming with that. Freeport. Can we just start at the beginning, I suppose, of of what it is that a freeport is and what it brings to to a, a location? Um, Gavin, I'm going to start with you on that one. So, obviously, the eight freeports in the UK that have been um, announced um, at the moment in England, um, the freeports covered different areas. Um, so, you've got custom sites and tax sites. So clearly the custom sites tend to be around the actual ports or the airports um, with Southampton National Airport, part of those. Um, and then you've got the tax sites which are able to um, provide tax reliefs and they don't necessarily need to be alongside the port but within the same geographical area. Fantastic. And and why for Southampton is this going to be such a, such a, a huge part of its growth story? So I think Southampton is a... It's a bit of a unique port. Um, it's the UK's number one export um, port. Um, it also has probably 2 million passengers, cruise t- passengers. So it's Europe's largest turnaround cruise port. And I think the key thing for Southampton is it, it's probably different from any other UK port. So 90%, 96% um, of its exports actually go outside of the EU. So it's a key connectivity um, in terms of trade coming from the Far East, coming into Europe and an opportunity for um, commodities to be kind of redistributed from Southampton then across through Europe and vice versa back out to the Far East. 
Thank you. And Nella, in, in in your business and, and, and the work that you're doing in Southampton, what are you what are you hearing in terms of interest, excitement about the Freeport and what it's bringing in terms of new business perhaps to the area? I think that's a, um, a really interesting question because at high level, uh, a lot of business owners um, don't necessarily get what a Freeport actually means. Um, and certainly if you're an advisor, you, dem- you generally have a better understanding and there still needs to be, um, I guess, a bit, bring it back to layman terms of what does that actually mean for people that are operating in these free ports. Um, so obviously in terms of the industries um, that are based on the South Coast, we're lucky because we're not wedded to several different lo- um, industries and mm. sectors. So there's huge amount of opportunities from the tech industry, life science, uh, marine, maritime. Um, and it's actually, if you're based in these tax locations, you obviously are benefiting from tax incentives, um, but it's the wider freeport that you're also able to benefit because of the um, redistribution of business rates um, back into the economy to impl- support for infrastructure, for example. And how much does Southampton and the wider sort of South Coast region need that need that support? Is is it a market that has struggled post Brexit, and does it now need you know those tax incentives to bring people back? I think the South Coast is fairly resilient, um, but I think historically there's been a massive push to the northern powerhouses Mm. and there's been huge media pressures to push everyone um, to the north and I think the south coast has a huge amount of opportunities um, particularly as Gavin mentioned that it is the number one UK port Um, it's has in terms of manufacturers being based on the south coast it's able to benefit from um, the quick access to the european shipping lanes and what that actually means is that you've got deep shipping containers that are actually able to get into the southampton port which actually the rest of the uk doesn't necessarily benefit from that so with these huge containers coming into the ports obviously they need a premises for them to go somewhere. Um, so in terms of the industrial market, I think by having that free port status and um, being able to get um, products into the European market or the global markets quite quickly, it's able to um, turn around things. Um, so uh, reduce, I guess, uh, business capital costs. Fantastic. I think a perfect throw there to you, Paddy, for the logistics market. Yeah, thank you. And um, certainly what we've been as as a business um, really active in the logistics market over the last three years, we've developed almost six million square feet um, across both the Fiera managed funds, but the wider property company network. Uh, We've also recently acquired with our um, property company Rembridge, a site down in Portsmouth on Hillsea Island, which is a great example where we are looking to speculatively develop an urban logistics scheme, not within a free port, I might add. Um, but there is such a, a dearth of um, industrial supply in, in the wider South Coast market. And for example, we are, uh, we're, we're not even in for planning yet and we're already having serious discussions on a number of prelapses. So I think whatever can help bring through more um, supply into the South Coast market, both Southampton and Portsmouth and the wider market, would be really beneficial. 
Fantastic. Thank you. Um, Stuart, is that something that, that you're seeing too from a, from a planning perspective? Uh, indeed, yes. Yeah, the, 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 the South Coast as a sort of a logistics entity has been paralysed over many years um, for a lack of genuine large-scale site opportunities. And whilst I don't think necessarily the Freeport status itself will do anything necessarily to change that, what it does do is it brings onto the doorstep a very much a sort of a flagship UK PLC policy into our environment that helps um, do two things. One, it supports the delivery of necessary infrastructure, um, and I hope that the Freeport status will act as very much a, uh, a stimulus to um, strong decision-making on uh, delivering necessary infrastructure to be able to um, um, make the logistics market much more accessible. And secondly, I think it should and hopefully will have an impact on the way in which the logistics market is perceived um, from a political and a social perspective in the area. Um, over, over many years, um, the perception of the type and scale and quality of job that the logistic market delivers has always been sort of very much underplayed um, with a much more of a focus on um, office development for glass and steel shiny buildings the logistics market which actually does a, a massive amount for the local economy um, has been underrepresented and what that's meant is that the flow and availability of sites coming forward through the planning system is very much um, well below what the expectation should be so I, I what I hope the freeport status will do is shine a light on the need for a much stronger level of delivery um, both through the work that um, Solent Lep are doing but also in individual local authorities as, as they allocate land through their emerging local plans they will make more provision for logistics development because without it um, there'll be a stranglehold on growth and I don't think that uh, the, the, the true aspirations will be realized unless the two go hand in hand. I definitely want to come back to those those challenges in, in a minute what what Southampton and the region needs to do to make sure that um you know that light is is shone bright brightly but before we go there I just want to bring in bring in Tom in, into the conversation and I wonder Tom if you can talk to us a little bit about your your view on the on the on the freeport on the role that um that that you guys have within within that and the and the local community uh, sure and um, I think um uh, to, to to reflect on a point Nella said about businesses not actually understanding, um, you know, what the Freeport means for them. I think it's that it, it's it's a bit of an unhelpful name to give them, really, in in, in the UK, uh, Freeport. In that, you know, fundamentally, what we're talking about is special economic zones with uh, a regional growth mission. But, but fundamentally, so some of them have. Uh, not a great deal to do with the port and uh, or with the maritime sector. Um, so a, a, a big part of what we do and the way we support the ecosystem, and, and this is the journey a lot of free ports are on, is really how they, um, being the successfully success, the selected free port zones now, how they actually leverage those tax and tariff benefits, which, um, you know, ultimately on their own, um, there are, you know, 4,800 free zones around the world. It's not a great differentiator. Um, and really what it gives business is, um, you know, continuity uh, or confidence in their future financial contributions that are going to have to be in a region, which gives business the confidence to, in, confidence to invest in, in, in new areas. But um, 
the way we're working with regions is to actually understand what are we leveraging within those regions? What are the bits of the regional economy that we, we want to grow? Uh, and that is a story well beyond tax and tariff benefits that thinks about the skills availability in, in a region, the access to assets, the supporting infrastructure that a business um, that needs to have confidence in being there, but as well the other organizations and institutions in a region that we want to help promote through the Freeport mission. So I think um, a, a key part of all of this and how they actually enable growth is understanding those market areas where um, a, a, a free zone, a free port wants to grow its, its local economy. Uh, and is their economic argument based on attracting more trade and more remanufacturing through a region? Or is it actually attracting more innovative businesses to set up in the region and bring high productivity, high value jobs, which is a wider ecosystem piece as well? Excellent. A word really stuck out for me there, and it's been it's been mentioned a little bit. Maybe not the exact word, but the theme around it, and this confidence, and the the fact that Freeport status and a proper understanding of it, understanding of that word, can bring real confidence to to a to an area which feels like something that we definitely need at the at the at the moment. Gavin, is that something that that you're seeing? Does Southampton need more confidence? Do we need to bring in bring businesses in to feel like they can grow and individuals know that they can work and live and play in those areas? I think it does. I mean, Southampton's recently tried to bid for City of Culture, so it's started to gain confidence in that sector. And I think a lot of people see the free port as purely related to the ports, logistics, distribution industry. Um, but actually looking at some of the kind of technologies, some of the alternative energy solutions that are kind of starting to be developed in the ports, and around the Southampton area um, is actually really exciting. And I think it's all those alternative technologies, all of those areas where actually our further education, higher education system is actually really strong in. Um, we've just recently done a study on looking at the number of graduates that are in the kind of south, central south area. You've got 110,000 graduates. Um, so probably about 20,000 people coming into the market each year. And the whole, the key thing, given the cost of living in the south, is going to make sure that those graduates actually are retained in the south and can enter those markets because we are actually seeing universities match the skills that they create with the growth in the economy so you know they are very well matched for each other but it's actually recognizing that you know people doing technology um, R&D at the various universities can get jobs in these sectors but I think there's another area where the leisure sector um, which normally most people wouldn't see equated with three ports which is, again, another strong area for the graduates, is actually really important because as industries are brought into and they start kind of moving to the Southampton area, Southampton area, actually they come here because of all that wider opportunity that they have, whether it's for the leisure, the arts, the culture, the entertainment. Um, and actually those industries are benefiting from those graduates as well. So there's a, there's a real really nice circle that kind of just feeds back on itself. And I think, you know, we have raised the profile of culture in the city, I think actually the profile of what Freeport can do for the region in the general public's views needs to be enhanced as well. And I think that's probably where a lot of work needs to be done so that, you know, it's not only the professionals um, that don't necessarily understand the Freeports properly, it's the local public as well. Thank you. Paddy? Yeah, uh, just to build on that and, and confidence in the, in, in the not just the Freeport element, but the, 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 the wider economy and um, levelling up agenda. 
um, that gave us a lot of confidence in terms of uh, our regeneration at Maritime Gateway, which is uh, immediately to the south of the station uh, in conjunction with Package Living. We have resolution to grant for 600 new um, built-to-rent units, a 60,000-square-foot um, all-senior dancing grade A office, and then a, a, um, an outline consent for a, an eight-storey eight building that could be um, office, could be residential again. I think it all comes into that circular bit, really, that having the confidence and the graduate rotation, uh, retention and the skills there has given us the confidence to come forward with this scheme. But also, I think it needs the regeneration across the you know, not just the Freeport, but the wider area as well, where it's been severely lacking for a number of years. No. I, yeah, just to add, obviously, we're talking a lot about Southampton, um, but obviously it's a stolen Freeport, so we need to be including Portsmouth and the wider region. Um, in terms of the actual stolen Freeport, it's a 45 kilometres boundary, um, which obviously covers the New Forest, the Isle of Wight, um, and all the other towns and cities in between. But also what's important is that it's not a short-term injection of cash from central government. It's that long-term um, view that we're investing into the region, whether it's infrastructure, buildings, and in, and like you say, um, the students, the the talent, and I think this notion of working from anywhere, and I bang on about this on my own podcast, is about this work life balance, and I think the re the south coast region has got a huge amount of opportunities to kind of capitalize on that so i think yes there has been a number of things that have all fallen into place to kind of say to create that ambition and with the the city of culture that um, we were recently bidding for the stolen freeport all of those have a great positive um story to the to the location so it's about the sort of narrative that Southampton and the surrounds can can tell. And we hear it, don't we, with mm -hmm. other cities about, you know, the Oxford Cambridge Arc and we know what we know what they're all about. We know what the uh, many of the northern cities are about. But what's what's the, the what's the South Coast about? And mm -hmm. could could this be the thing that enables people to to talk about Southampton and surrounds in in a positive, exciting, innovative way? Yeah. Thomas, um, how do how do how do you see that sort of um, uh, in, innovative piece around what the Freeport acro across, as, as Nella has rightly pointed out, it's not just a it's not just Southampton. It is that whole sort of Solent and a huge huge area that we can bring more innovation, more um, infrastructure, more businesses, more more real estate to. Yeah, so uh, I think. We, we have to be clear what we mean by innovation and, and innovation isn't really what you're spending on R&D. It's the value that you're unlocking through that spend. Uh, and I think this is a really important thing uh, for the for, for the free ports to keep sight of is that the innovation strategies within the free zones need to be market driven. It needs to be about maximizing the exploitation potential of the R&D assets, building on those research strengths that we have as well, things like testing grounds and so on and so forth. And it's it, it's absolutely right. There's a huge amount of opportunity in, in the Solent. There are many innovators, people developing new solutions across multiple different sectors in maritime, in aerospace, in logistics. I mean, you, you name it, there's just so much there. But we can't do everything. 
And as part of differentiating ourselves as a, a region in a global investment marketplace where we're looking for new businesses and uh, new investors to come to the region, we, we have to be clear about the areas that we are looking to actively grow in um, and be able to stand up and represent that on the world stage um, as part of a as innovation has been able to support that, whether it's the sort of skills that I know we've already mentioned, the, the universities are targeting those skills at the market demand now, whether it's um, the ability of infrastructure to not you know, be a barrier to growth, as, as you find in many regions due to clogged up road networks and rail networks um, and, and things like that. So I think being clear that innovation should be a market-driven activity with uh, clear exploitation potential about it. And the Freeport presents um, a useful unifying regional mission to point those different organizations, because it won't be one, it'll be many, it'll be a combination of universities and small companies and spin-out companies and people working on their own and the local authority and the end users and regulators and all these different people to actually coordinate for a, a market-driven mission that ultimately is about increasing the wealth of the region, improving the employment prospects for uh, people who live there, about attracting talent, uh, about creating talent and retaining it uh, uh, as well. So I think, um, it, yeah, it, it needs to retain that value focus. But uh, again, we need to make sure that that is focused to a genuine market opportunity that that we want to grow. Thank you, Tom. Now, we've heard a lot about the opportunity there and um um Stuart I want to come back to to your point around around the challenges and I can't help myself with that because as a journalist you always want the bad news so so what what are some of the the challenges that Southampton and and the surrounds face in being able to really maximize those those opportunities and what do we need to do to overcome those challenges um, yeah, it's it's a very interesting question, and I think in the first instance, actually, the, the, there are some positives to start with before we look at the you know, some significant positives before we look at the the, the overall negatives. Um, if, if you look at the history of the way in which this area has evolved over time, um, traditionally there've been very competitive nature in between Portsmouth and Southampton as separate entities, um, and the, the way in which um, there was a sort of a, a, a disaggregated approach to, um, to, to, to to looking at the opportunities that exist, as, as, as Tom has outlined. We, we, this is a, an opportunity on a global scale and uh, squabbling at the sort of local level really doesn't get you there. Um, but fair play to the, 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 the multitude of players who have plugged into this Freeport, um, they have come together as one. And you've seen um, significant coordination, both in terms of um, the way in which um, the likes of ABP, um, Portsmouth International Port, um, the airport have all come together as, alongside Solent LEP and, and, and the local authorities. They have presented a coordinated approach and that has taken a good number of years to get into that sort of positive territory. Um, there's also been a huge amount of investment take place from from those parties, and um, 
if you look at some of the schemes that are already coming forward under the sort of banner of the free port, um, you've had great investment in in the port in the ports themselves. Um, Portsmouth International Port have just um, released their master plan, which is a is a very forward facing um, document and, and 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 talks about a number of schemes that are, are very positive. Um, Southampton Port have had long standing aspirations to develop uh, at Dibden Bay, and it may be that the free port status enables them to um, uh, achieve that. Um, you've got a planning application, um, planning permission um, for the extension to the runway at, um, at Southampton Airport. All of those are really positive um, so, uh, sort of indicators of the way in which perhaps some of the problems in the past have been overcome and that the investment that sits there is, is, is of a very grand scale. Um, that's not to say that the, um, the, the the future is absolutely rosy. There are still very big challenges to face, some of which I, I mentioned earlier. Uh, but ultimately, we, what we have is um, a, an emerging area that will need to continue to need to continue to invest. Will need to continue to deliver the facilities that are necessary to underpin the ambition uh, that sits behind um, the, the, the Freeport status. Um, there are significant proposals on the sort of Southampton Waterside, ranging from residential schemes at, um, uh, for, 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 for the for the, the, the scheme that Aldred Drummond and his team are bringing forward um, down at Forley Power Station, um, through to the opportunities that. Um, exist at uh, the Solent Gateway, an absolutely massive opportunity, historically a, a military-based um, port, but um, a huge amount of land available to, um, to, 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 to deliver further expansion. Challenges around those sort of opportunities um, exist. They're a challenge to the planning system, which is almost to say, how quickly can you make this happen? And for lack of a better term, how can you sort of almost get out of the way um, to to enable it be, to be delivered? Now, that's not to to sort of undermine the planning system. That's that its purpose is to is to manage the competing um, impacts, both positive and negative, to deliver the change that's necessary. But um, when we have such a strong um, um, desire to uh, take advantage of uh, of what exists in this location. We we need to we don't need to dawdle. We want to be able to get on on with things. And unfortunately, the planning system can often be the break upon the um, the the ambition that exists. So, uh, as well as the collective will that exists to deliver the freeport status, there needs to be that collective will um, to make sure that this, these sites come forward in a timely fashion. To make sure the infrastructure that's necessary um, to help deliver those comes forward on an equally timely fashion, which is both around a planning system but also around infrastructure funding. Um, access to government funds, et cetera, that all needs to come into place in a coordinated way. So, yeah, there are big challenges, but those challenges, I think, are are ones that um, can be faced into on the basis of a, a very, very coordinated approach that's, uh, that's, te- that, that, that's come together. This Freeport is almost unique in that regard um, to have three major gateways to cover a multitude of local authorities um, to sort of span in and out of two LEP areas. That takes a lot of effort to bring that together. Um, and it, it is very pleasing to see that the that, that that will is shared and that um, the, 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 the building blocks are in place to enable that to happen. And just to give a, an example of um, some of the challenges that Stuart's talking about, the, the runway extension at Southampton Airport, Stuart mentioned it's got consent. Um, it got consent last year and it's been spending the last probably 15 months going through the courts. It's still going through the courts um, despite having high court challenges dismissed. Um, they're now going through the appeal process. So that that scheme and the consent that they won last year, by the time they get through the courts, 
might have expired. It gets an extra year because of going through that process, but it shows the difficulty. And I think the difficulty is that's that's a national approach, but actually locally, the authorities have come together, but equally, they need to be welcoming the private investment into the region and they need to be open and they need to be able to assist because I think one of the key challenges we've got, um, we mentioned about you know the wonderful environment, the high quality of the natural environment and in the location that are in, but all across that central south region, we're covered by two national parks. We've got huge numbers of AOMB and Greenbelt. And so actually, you know, there's, there's key restrictions on locations where this growth can happen. And especially where it wants to happen is along the main kind of highways, the main rail links, which is quite often right alongside some of the most um, high quality natural environmental areas. So they need to be taking a much more kind of collective approach um, as local authorities to realize that we need this investment as a region and we can't just kind of say, well, we can't have it in our in our patch. We need to work together to really grow the opportunity for the whole region. And how does the the private sector, the real estate sector help with that? How do we help those local authorities move, move quicker, um, collaborate better? Well, one of the things we've been kind of very um, proactive with is and the whole area has been proactive and I'd say the whole of the private um, private sector is getting together um, there's an organization called Business South that operates in the area and that's an organization which includes private developers investors landowners um, and the local authorities represented on there as well including the LEPs and major um, operators such as ABP and ports and things like that in the airport um, and actually that's given a forum for real really quite frank and direct conversations about how we can grow back out of Brexit, or not Brexit, sorry, how we can grow back back out of a recovery now from um, from the pandemic and also looking forward um, how we try and fight any form of recession or something to make sure that actually the region is moving ahead and is united. And I think that group that's kind of pulled everyone together is absolutely fundamental. Um, and, you know, they've, they've been raising the profile internationally because it's all about making sure we're not just pulling kind of... Um, investment from other parts of the UK, but we're actually kind of increasing the opportunity for uh, UK PLC. Thank you. Nella, with your sort of Chamber of Commerce hat on, on there talking to, to businesses all, all the time, are they yeah. are they want, are they want wanting to sort of lean into this and, and move things forward as well? Absolutely. With the Southampton Chamber of Commerce, what we're doing is we're actually collaborating with lots of different other associations based in our region and we're connecting the dots. So we're putting businesses um, and partnering with funders so that they can actually bring forward new innovation um, and support their business growth. Um, we're also um, connecting apprenticeship schemes with businesses because they're lacking um, graduates coming forward or being able to retain the talent in the region. So we're trying to work with colleges and the universities to get them experience with other businesses in the region um, so that we can try and retain the talent there. And in terms of like the sustainability agenda, which is huge at the moment. So a lot of businesses are focusing on the corporate um, social responsibility or the ESG agenda, but they don't necessarily under understand the crux of it. So we are working in partnership with the likes of Solent LEP to kind of give them a better understanding of where are the avenues that they can invest into their business. Um, so that is with our kind of the Chamber of Commerce hat, but we're quite actively um, connecting businesses.
Fantastic. Thank you. Um, and Paddy, from a investor developer point of view, we talked about some of the, the hurdles there with the lo- local authorities plan- planning, the perennial problem of planning never being quite as fast as we, mm-hmm. as we want it to be. Are you, are you finding yourself having different conversations with, with the councils to help them on that, on that journey so that you, you can benefit from, um, you know, the Freeport status and, and beyond? Yeah, so so I, I think um, across the UK, there's varying levels of engagement, right, from local authorities when it comes to the, the planning process. And, and genu- generally what we've found on the South Coast is that they have been engaging and um, um, both, both council leaders and the local authorities want to see things happen. Um, certainly in Southampton and Portsmouth, early discussions there have been, have been really good. I think the the challenge as much as anything is cutting red tape um obviously there's a framework in place already now and if we can bring forward some of these sites some of these brownfield sites which is a really important aspect to actually bring forward you know um top quality new accommodation whether it's r&d logistics mid-tech sort sort of units um where as a, as a business and uh, alongside all of our property companies, ESG is, a, is really at the forefront. So we're committing to net zero carbon construction. We're looking at EPCA or A plus as a minimum standard, BREAM excellent. So it's about that going back to that circular economy, upgrading accommodation fit, fit for purpose, you know, in, in not just looking immediately now, but over the next, um, the next 40, 50 years. So I think that's really important. Thank you. And I'm going to come to you very shortly, Thomas, with um, just to find out what, what you think, what challenge you think the city sort of faces in, in, um, and that it will need to over, overcome to ensure that we really maximise the, the benefit of Freeport status. Um, but while you're answering that, I'm going to ask everyone to start thinking about my final question, which is going to be uh, what you want to see or what you think the most exciting development that you'd like to see that doesn't have to be a physical development it could be a development of place or economy um what you'd like to see come out of of the freeport so ponder on that while thomas tom sorry you've not been naughty uh while tom answers the question of what what challenges what challenge he sees the city having to overcome to maximize yeah, yeah, and uh, it's it's certainly not a challenge unique to Southampton or the Solent Freeport and uh, and all the areas in that. But um, it's uh, it's something uh, I know, but uh, we've all touched on over the last few minutes is, is around that coordination and collaboration in um, actually pulling all the different parts of the ecosystem that you need to together uh, and and moving in the same direction and um that that can be uh, you know all, all, all the way from uh actually coming to a regional agreement on where we see our key growth sectors actually being um and how we support them that 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 that's not to say we don't do the rest but when we are out in the global marketplace looking for investment looking for uh companies overseas to attract them to come and set up in our region come and invest in the free port with us, then we need to be selling a capability. We need to have that regional USP that helps um, that helps the Solent stand out from the other four and a half thousand free zones that are around the world. Um, or, or whether it's um, coordination around uh, infrastructure planning or uh, how we're going to approach 
planning permissions or uh, which organisations are going to be where. Um, so to, to me, I think that main challenge is around the collaboration and the coordination and um, the, the, the various organisations doing the things that they need to do, which could include R&D and showing in points at uh, market opportunities and not um, uh, pure research projects, uh, for, for example. And does that challenge help you answer the question of the most exciting development that you'd like to see come out of? out of um, the Freeport? Well, uh, the, the most exciting uh, thing that I would like to see, well, well for, for, from the Solent, but all Freeports, is actually that clear statement of what that regional platform is that we're going to advertise ourselves on internationally. And uh, ju ju just to uh, pick up on, um, you know, the, the, you know polit politically driven areas of focus come and go over time but just, just to you know make the point that there can't be uh you know eight nine ten hydrogen hubs in the uk all all pitching for the same investment pot that we can interact and all be part of that different end-to-end -end future system but um if we're all competing uh for that same investment then what we're actually doing is displacement or or, or we're um you know, reducing the potential benefit to UK PLC. So I suppose the thing would be the regions deciding their platform and, and what is the thing that they want to grow in. And that being done in a more coordinated way at a UK PLC level that really helps enable and unlock that, that wider national advantage that we can get through the Freeports Initiative. And for Solent, for Southampton, what would that be? Oh, I suppose it would be one of those regions that said this is the thing that we are doing, uh, and uh, that that was firmly grounded in um, where the actual opportunities uh, would be for the region. Thanks, Tom. Stuart. Uh, well, I, I'm going to revert to type as a planner, uh, and I am <laughs> going to talk about land, and I am going to talk about sites. Um, the the Solent Freeport um, proposition is built primarily on three sort of areas of development. Um, we have the Southampton Waterside um, with Forley Waterside at its sort of southern end, uh, potential growth with ExxonMobil, um, the, the potential for expansion at ABP, um, and uh, other necessary infrastructure, including residential development, to make sure that there's the, uh, the, the, the economically active population to be able to um, deliver on, on some of the skills needs. Uh, there, there, there's a, a lot of housing that's potentially locked up at the moment through nitrates and phosphate issues, including schemes in, in, in places such as Marchwood, which sits very much at the, the centre of those sort of localities. Um, there are other developments at the Portsmouth end. I mentioned the Portsmouth International Port Master Plan earlier. Um, there's significant aspiration in those in those documents, both both for the port itself and also for opportunities such as Dunsbury Park, which is a is a city-owned um, um, logistics opportunity that uh, has been in play for quite a few years. But this freeport status gives it uh, a significant impetus to move forward. Um, Gavin mentioned earlier the um, that how long it's taking to actually um, move forward in planning terms on the airport extension. Um, you have the, nav the nav navigator quarter that sits in and around that as well. Uh, what I'd like to see is a, is, is a real collective will to, to face into all three of those sort of areas of development um, and look at how 
their delivery can be expedited and how how the, those who are working together can work together for that aim of making sure that the sites are available because what we don't want to do is to create the aspiration and for that aspiration then to be frustrated because it, we're, we're not in the we're not there to be able to deliver on the development needs that come from as a consequence of that um, that would be a, be, be a disadvantage to UK PLC because Southampton is unique in terms of the opportunities that, that exist. We won't be losing the opportunity to elsewhere in the country. We'll be losing that, that opportunity to elsewhere on the global scale. So it is, it's a fundamental importance that all of those development opportunities are delivered to enable us to, um, the, to punch our weight on that global scene. Fantastic. Thank you. Nella. I can agree with Stuart um, enough, to be honest. Uh, you've pretty much taken the words out of my mouth um, <laughs> because it is that realisation that we are competing globally and I think we have been thinking too local um, in the past and it is the likes of like Singapore, Dubai, or Rotterdam that we need to be focusing and competing against as opposed to the other freeports. And I just want to mention that actually one of the benefits of the Sonant Freeport is that we're the only freeport to benefit from an airport and a port. Um, so that's a huge opportunity for um, businesses to be locally located in our region. But in terms of the um, sites that I'm most excited about, because I'm a bit of a sustainability geek, <laughs> is probably the Forley water site because that's is meant to be a smart city, um, which is covering 400,000 square meters of land. Um, it's meant to be the first net zero uh, towns in Europe. So for us to actually be saying we're the first net zero town will be incredible for the whole of the region. Um, and again, as the Exmo mobile site being a hydrogen hub, if we're able to generate our own energy, we are much more sustainable as a region. And particularly with all the cruise liners coming in, um, there's huge benefits for all of these, uh, for these sites to come forward. Brilliant, thank you very much. Paddy. Thank you. Uh, I, I think the the thing that I'd be most excited to see out of all of this is for it actually to happen and um, and not be a, a missed opportunity and and you know a, a white elephant of sorts. I think actually, it's, as um, all the other um, podcasters here have mentioned, in terms of um, that collaboration and will to, is great at a high level, but you've got to execute it right. And I think making sure that. The transparency in the red tape is not such that actually things don't come forward, as we've already discussed on a number of points. Thank you, Paddy. And, and last but by no means least, Kevin. Well, I think that's absolutely right, because a lot of these kind of initiatives in the past, enterprise zones and things like that, they kind of, they, they happen, but you don't actually see the results. The, the Freeport is only a short-term designation, but the local authorities can retain business rates for the next 25 years from any investment that's brought in. And that's for each of the free ports. And I think we need to look, kind of trying to tie everyone's comments together, we need to look at this as a UK-wide basis. Um, you know, there's too much views that are we just going to draw um, occupiers from out, outside this region, you know, from West Midlands or wherever, down to the South Coast. But that's not going to happen. It's quite far-fetched to think people will do that. Um, the operators in the West Midlands are there because it's central to the UK and it enables that kind of con connectivity. The issue with Southampton and Portsmouth and the Freeport is going to be fundamental to their future um, because it's their future in amongst Europe and the world. Um, if we don't provide the space, then actually 
those operations and those, occup- uh, those occupiers and opportunities will go to Rotterdam, will go to Dubai. We don't have those opportunities locally, so we need to provide the space because, especially since since the departure from the EU, there is potentially more customs and excise ro- uh, work to be done. So actually more space just to allow for that additional time that those things will take so that it doesn't actually clog up the networks is really important. And so actually that's for the whole of the UK because I think what people miss is that the 46,000 jobs supported by the Port of Southampton, 12,000 of those are in the West Midlands. Hmm. So actually realising that a quarter of the jobs in the West Midlands of, from that port are actually in the Midlands makes people realise we need to come together and we need to come together as a UK so that we actually fight above our weight the rest of the world. Excellent. Thank you very much. One thing I always love to do to round up round up these conversations is, as I listen to you with that last question, I start writing down, down words. And I always try to write down as many C words as I can, because I quite like a C word, um, just because I'm juvenile. Um, but but it always comes up with, uh, um, not, not that C word, um, it always comes up with some really amazing words, which I think sums up the opportunity that the, the Freeport can and should and I really hope will bring for for Southampton and and though um uh, Stuart you talked about you know the need for this collective will we need to come together and everyone want want this to make it make it happen uh, Gavin you talked about that UK wide collaboration we've got to we've got to come together and and not compete against each other but compete for the for the UK um we've talked about confidence or, already we've talked about competing competing globally uh, and then there were two there were two that I I've, I've tried to make C words so uh, <laughs> Paddy you talked about look we just got to make it happen so I've said we've got to make it come off uh, and then Nella, you talked about you know this amazing um, net zero sustainable place that we can build. It's so, so attractive to to people. So maybe we can make it climate friend friendly. Um, so bringing all those sea words together to create a a wonderful place and really boost Southampton and the and the region um, as it as it deserves. But what a wonderful conversation! What a, a really deep conversation to go into. And there's so much more. I'm sure that we could we could discuss around around the Freeport. Um, but the action, I suppose, is on the wonderful world of, of real estate and all that it, it touches and for those local authorities and, and the people to come together to make it happen. Um, but for me to say thank you for making this happen, uh, thank you so, so much, uh, Tom, Gavin, Stuart, Nella and Paddy for joining us on the EG Property Podcast. 